And here we go again. We're live here with another episode of Controllables and Explainables, where we're trying to become better leaders for tomorrow. Really just trying to build up that leadership cult, cult, the culture aspect of it, right? Um, today, we got another special guest with us. Robert is at the table with us alongside with a bear and, and I. Uh, Robert, thank, thanks for coming on to the show. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, man, that intro with the music right there. I sound like we're going to have some sort of ominous, serious conversation. Who's this Robert guy, man? We're, <laughs> this thing's going to bring down the house. Like, oh, get ready. Things are going to be bad on this episode. Oh, my it's, goodness. It sounds, that, was pretty, that was deep with the bass and everything like Not that. Not too bad. We needed a new intro. That was one of the right. main feedback things that we got. And my little, my young, my my youngest brother, he's been doing a little bit of mixing mm-hmm. here and there. I was like, no, what? Just just send me something. There you go. And so here we are. We got a new intro. Yeah, it drops a good beat. It got the, got the deep bass in there. So yeah. it made me wonder what what we're going to be talking about. It's going to get intense. <laughs> it is going to so. get intense on this show. <laughs> Always is. You betcha. <laughs> um, Robert. So Abear was telling me a lot about just your entre- entrepreneurship. You've had your hand into a lot of things. What have you been up to re- this recently? Well, recently it's uh, I, I'm involved with a lot of things. So one is I, I do run a digital digital advertising business uh, called Ads Solutions ADZ, and I've been running that for probably six seven years. Um, I had been in radio for over thirteen fourteen years, and back six seven years ago started this digital advertising business with another uh, radio executive, and uh, we, I, I basically bought him out a few years ago and been running it ever since. Um, so that's one of my main ventures, but I also started a clothing business and so I have clothing designs out there. And then I also have a credit repair business and then, uh, I work with another, uh, I'm actually in the process right now. I can't really reveal too much information about this because we're finalizing the details, but I'm basically, uh, buying into a 20% stake of a social media app and, um, taking over a complete streaming network, uh, for video streaming a platform that has TV shows and movies and we'll have sports and all this other stuff like that. So uh, it's going to be a free subscription, um, but then we're going to, we're going to be ad supported. So we're selling commercials and stuff like that. So kind of going back to old school TV style where everybody, you know, now just wants to pay a subscription and get rid of all the commercials. But we're mm-hmm. going to do the opposite. We're going to say free subscription, but you know, you're going to get commercials and here come all the ads. Yeah. Here comes some ads, but uh, that's the, so we're taking that over here, hopefully in the next couple of weeks. So, I've been involved with entrepreneurship when it comes to real estate, when it comes to personal fitness training. That's how I actually first started. I had a personal training business uh, from the time I was 21 until uh, I still ran it even when I was in my 30s. Uh, And then I took a little detour and worked in radio for a while and and then did a couple other, uh, other things outside of radio and then eventually got right back to just working for myself. Holy cow. So you're all, all all across the spec the spectrum here. Going back to your to when it just all started, I guess where was the where was the the motivation to just start running your own bit, like working for yourself rather than work, working for others. So uh, it was really I, I really wasn't sure I wanted to work for myself in my you know when I was young. 
Um, and, uh, and, but, but when I got in my twenties, I became a, a personal fitness trainer. I went to school for that. And when I got a job at a gym, uh, yeah, Jim was paying me, but they paid me. I think even back then it was only like eight bucks an hour or something like that. But then they were like, but if you go get clients, you, you know, you can charge whatever you want to charge them. And I was like, what do you mean I get charged whatever I want to charge them? Well, it'd be your business, you, but you, you just pay us, you pay the gym a percentage of whatever you get, or you just pay us a flat fee or whatever. And so I kind of just got coerced into <laughs> running my own business. And uh, next thing you know, I, you know, I had a handful of clients in the mornings, a handful of clients in the afternoons, and, and, uh, and I was making pretty decent living at 21, 22 years old. And, um, and then eventually I went, hey, you know what? This gym thing, I like it. I could probably do my own gym. I don't need to be working for them. And because, well, after I worked for some people after a while, and I hear you guys experience this as well, sometimes you, you work for somebody and you go, I can do a better job at this than what they're doing. <laughs> well, exactly. that was basically, that hit me pretty quickly. I can do a better job running this gym than what they're doing. But instead of just uh, trying to become the manager or whatever, it's, I'll just open my own gym. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of how, and it just kind of st- went into that. And the next, thing you know, I end up running into somebody in real estate who's like, Hey, you got to own some rental properties. All right. So next, thing you know, I buy some rental properties and I buy a couple flips and, you know, and then just it, like things just have always kind of evolved for me and in, into doing things. So even when I finally did go work for somebody in radio, my approach was, okay, even though I am an employee, I'm going to treat this as if it's my business. I'm going to treat this radio station as if this is my radio station. Sometimes that would get me in trouble where ownership would go, you're going rogue on us. Or management would go, you're going rogue on us again. I go, what does that even mean? And they're like, because you're just making decisions on your own. I'm like, oh, yeah, forgot. Because uh, I'm treating it like it's my business. And so I'm making decisions that I think is going to best improve the radio station. And uh, and then they're like, you're going rogue on us. And I'm like, what does that mean? You got to get my permission first. I was like, I don't understand those words, but uh, I'll try. And I, you know, I tried. I can't always say I did a very good job. Yeah. I still don't do a good job at that. But. <laughs> I can just see the motivation. Just how do you not stay stagnant? I mean, we kind of talked about it in our, on our past episode of just the constantly wanting to grow. Mm-hmm. It sounds like you're going from project to project with speed. And then you're just always wanting to improve or try new things. How do you keep going rather than just stay stagnant and kind of relax a little bit? Oh, boy, I can't really relax. I mean, look, I, I like to go play golf every now and then or go to the gym or something like this. But um, when it comes down to it, uh, I mean, I just I, I, I don't know. I, I have been accused of being a workaholic. So I don't know how, if somebody's not a workaholic, I don't know how to tell them to not be a workaholic because I'm just a workaholic. Now, one of my things that I I have, uh, one of my skills is I've learned how to become efficient with my time though. Mm -hmm. So oftentimes when I have gone and worked for other people or even when I run business, I end up doing things a lot of people go, that would take me two days to do. And let me give one example. It's just a skill set. Um, you know, and it's God gave, gave me this blessing of this skill set. When I was a personal fitness trainer at one point in time, I had a lot of extra time during the day because my clients are in the early in the morning, they're in the night. And I thought, what am I doing during the day? And I, for a while, I was working at the gym, but they're paying eight bucks an hour. So forget that crap. Yeah. So I ended up just going to a temp service. It's like, I need a job from these hours to these hours because I have clients in the morning, I have clients at night, but during the day I could do, but I can't, it's not enough for full time, but I need these hours. They said, okay, we'll get you in something. They got me in as a legal assistant. Uh, working for a, a you know an attorney, 
law office. They wanted me to do a bunch of filing and stuff. And they had a room full of boxes and stuff that needed to be filed that were just backed up. And uh, so I ended up take, doing that job. Within two weeks, it was all filed. And the person that, that I was temping for, because they, they went on vacation, I basically worked her out of her job. <laughs> I didn't work <laughs> me out of a job because I was just there as the temp. And they, But when she came back, they're like, we don't have work for you anymore. Oh, man. Because <laughs> we hired you to do this, and this guy finished it in two weeks. You've been working on it for months, and he just finished it in two weeks. And so at that point, they were like, you know, she's gone. And then they came to me and said, like, we want to hire you full time. We'll, yeah. we'll find other things for you to do. But that was the kind of thing. I've always learned how to be efficient. So um, with that efficiency, I'm always trying to find other things to do with my time. Like, okay, so I got this project done. So what else can I do right now? And then, yes, sometimes that mean, might mean I'm going to go take, I'll take two hours and go to the gym and, and relax a little bit. Um, but then at midnight, I'll be working until two in the morning, <laughs> building a website or something. So uh, it's, just, it's just one of those things. I, I'm a workaholic, so I'm going to find ways to stay busy. I don't know how to not try to stay busy. I, even if I had, like I would tell people, even if I had all the money in the world and it was sitting in the bank and money was never an issue, no problem, it's not like I'm just going to sit on my butt and watch TV all day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I can back you up on this. Maybe you're a workaholic, but you're, I've never seen, so those that don't know Rob is my brother-in-law, I've never seen you not have your uh, priorities intact. If a family thing's to. come up, you're one of the first ones there. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it, so, well, so that's actually why I, I mean, that's a big reason why I run my own business. Yeah. It gives you flexibility to take care of the things go, that you, you know deem what? important. That's the most important thing to me, yeah. family or this or that. I'm doing those. So, yeah. 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 So even though you may be targeted as a workaholic, your priorities are not out of whack. Well, I try not to, but that's like what I said. I mean, there's been many, many times my ex can tell you I'd be up midnight, one o'clock, two o'clock, three in the morning working. Yeah. Because I spent during the day, I went to the kids play or I went to the kids, right. you know, whatever, you know, whatever it might be, or a bunch of friends wanted to get together and I haven't seen them for a while. And all right, yeah, I'll go hang out with my friends, but that means I'm just going to have a late night tonight working. Yeah. So, so, so I guess I feel like extremities or ex, extremes are okay as long as priorities are in line. Mm-hmm. Right. So the, uh, the CEO of Wayfair just came out recently and he told his employees, you should be able to balance your work and your life to where they're the same thing and you're working for me about 60 hours and his company's up in arms. And I, and I get why, cause I think he's the workaholic in the bad extreme. Yeah. But I also, it's also doable. Mm-hmm. You can balance your work and your life in a way to where you're not giving up your desires, your dreams and your priorities. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. hundred percent. So with, I guess, Coming from me, my biggest fear with entrepreneurship is that whole risk and reward factor. You put so much risk on the line of, and then the the fear of failing. How do you? How is that something that you've been able to overcome? Easy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, admittedly, I went through a phase. I don't know if I was in my twenties, maybe the young thirties. I went through a phase where I went. I don't think it's worth the risk anymore to keep working for myself because. You go through the, you know, the deserts uh, of where uh, the, the revenue desert where all of a sudden money's not coming in. Um, and, and you go, you know what? I'd rather just have a steady paycheck. Even if it doesn't have, even if it's not as big as what I might be used to, I'd rather just have that steady paycheck. <clears throat> so I went that route. That's kind of what got me into radio a little bit. Besides, I had a passion for radio, so I mm-hmm. wanted to get into it. Um, and so 
uh, I thought, well, if I'm gonna if, if I'm gonna go work for something, I'm gonna do something at least I'm passionate about. So that's what I went that route. Well, what I found was um, in my first job that I first I got an on air gig. Um, I ended up getting laid off after about nine months. <clears throat> and when I got laid off, I was the highest rated show on the. And I did all always did talk shows or sports talk shows. When I got laid off, I was the highest rated talk show on the the network on on the station. And we even had Glenn Beck on the nation on the station. We had Dave Ramsey on the station, and I still had the higher ratings. And they still laid me off. Well, I was a little puzzling. Well, yeah. I was a brand new guy, so okay, maybe I can get that next gig. After uh, two years, three years, I mean, after about nine months, I became the highest rated show in the market. Uh, highest rate, I mean, I was beating music stations in the mornings, and I would go to dr- call, drive on college campus that was in, in town, and I was recognized by name, and people would shout my name in grocery stores, and I'd take selfies all the time and everything like this. I became kind of a small town, you know, celebrity in a very short period of time. And I found out in my third year, they were looking to replace me. And I was like, are you kidding me? Like I've turned the, I'll turn the revenue around. Your revenue is up 400% compared to where it was when I got here to this station. Your ratings are number one in the market. You've never been number one in the market before me, uh, especially in uh, men and women ages 25 to, to 35. That was unheard of for talk, news talk radio. Yeah. News talk radio is for old farts, you know, and here I'm dominating with 20 year olds and 30 year olds. And, um, and so and I find out they're trying to get rid of me. And it was because of things where, like, they thought I was going rogue or whatever. And I'm like, yeah, I went rogue. And look, your station's number one. It's worked. Congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> Thank me. Nope, don't look to fire me. So I ended up moving to another market. Um, and in that market, same thing. Turned the radio station around. They were uh, in the top three ratings within just six months. Revenue uh, was, was up 200% on the sports station I was in charge of. Uh, I ended up stealing hosts away from our competition. I ended up st- I just did all this great, all these things. And then out of the blue on Monday morning, come in, do the radio show, get done. Hey, we need to speak to you real quick. Sure. Hey, so tomorrow we're flipping the stations to <laughs> hip hop. And I'm like, but I don't rap. <laughs> and they're like, yes, we know. So we're letting you go. And I'm like, but what the heck? I turned all these stations around and all this other stuff. And once again, it was like another small town celebrity type situation. And, uh, and I just made me go, look, so it doesn't matter how good of a job I'm doing. I'm number one rated. That's what you're supposed to do as a talk radio host. And I became number one rated in a short period of time and held that rating. And, and I actually helped sales to help improve the revenue. So it wasn't just being the on air. I was helping your sales department too. And you're still going to let me go. Where's the security in this? Yeah. <laughs> so right. that, that's where I finally just went, I have less security trying to get the steady paycheck than I do make it. Cause when it came down to it, yeah, I might have a, a gap where I'm not making money or something like this, working for myself sometimes, but I know that's just going to be a temporary thing. Like I, I'm going to make money. It's not going to, I'm not going to get laid off and then have to go file unemployment and go to get, get uh, you know, food stamps and stuff like this. I had to do that crap when I worked for other people. I had to go get, go apply for Medicaid and I had to go apply for stuff when I got laid off. And I was like, this sucks. Mm-hmm. And um, so, so for me, that risk, I don't see as much risk in it as, as other people do. Now, somebody who might be continually being, you know, have, has always worked for somebody really does feel like they have a secure position and they're not going to get laid off or anything like that. I can see for them going, man, I don't want to go the entrepreneur route because there's too much risk right there for them. I would say, mm, I, I still don't think you have as much security as you think you do, but 
don't ruin that security. Don't just jump, you know, jump ship off of that and jump over here to entrepreneur land. Instead, start up a side business that you're doing on the side, some sort of side hustle or something like that, that and let that slowly grow and develop. Eventually, it'll get to a point where you're going to go, okay, either I need to devote more time to this um, entrepreneurship, and therefore, I've got to get rid of this now in order to help keep this grow, or it's going to get to the point where you go, this is as far as it's going to go, and, but it's good side income for me, and I'll have my steady thing over here, and that way, if anything happens over here, at least I got a little something coming in over here, and then I could go from there. So for people who are like, it's too much risk. Hey, I get it. Uh, if you're in that situation where you feel like it's too much risk, don't give up what you're doing. And, and this goes back to the prioritization type stuff where, okay, you might have to work some late nights, you know, nine o'clock in the morning at nine o'clock at night until, uh, one in the morning or get up early in the morning and work four o'clock in the morning to six o'clock in the morning in order to try to run your side hustle. And, and, and then you can go do the rest of your day. And so there's always things that you can do. I mean, I spent a couple of years ago, went through a divorce, uh, was going through a, a verge of a bankruptcy and a, a, from a, basically I got defrauded by somebody and it affected me personally instead of just my business. And so I was going through all this stuff. So I needed to bring more income in. I picked up a, I picked up a radio gig in the morning. So I had to be on the air at 4 a.m. Um, and did that for three hours. Then I ran my digital advertising business during the day. Then at night, I ended up doing a radio show at night uh, for another market, completely other market. And so, yeah, I mean, I was getting no sleep. I was getting, you know, these other things, but I made sure my weekends were open no matter what. Like my weekends be open that way. That's my time to decompress and that's my time to spend time with my kids and stuff like that. Um, so sometimes you got to do what you got to do in order to get over the hump, mm-hmm. right? And so, and by doing that though, it takes away, for me, it takes away the risk. Like there's less risk when I have more, I have, I can create my own free time uh, to go, I need more money. All right, well, I'm going to pick up this other gig. I'm going to do this other thing over here. Holy cow. How much sleep did you get? <laughs> at that time, I, it was about a period of about nine months. I was only get about four hours of sleep a night. So, and I'm a, and I'm one of those dudes that's like, I'm like a bear's wife. I, I need like 12 hours of sleep. Like, <laughs> to function. Yeah. Did you live on the coffee? Was the- uh, monsters? Yeah, Mon- yeah, yeah, monsters. Yeah. Holy cow! And I got COVID during that time too, and so oh, yeah. right. I, I got COVID during that time. So, <laughs> and everybody says, "How'd you get through COVID?" I said, "I had a liquid B vitamin with some taurine and some sparkling water in it, um, <laughs> which basically monsters." I just loaded. I was just down monsters, and I was having a. I had COVID. Did the morning show. Was running my digital advertising business during the day. And then at night, I was having to do the radio show. And then a hurricane hit one of the markets I was in. And so I had to do hurricane coverage uh, from like 3 in the afternoon until 1 a.m. while I had COVID. <laughs> it was oh like, <laughs> I was literally going to commercial breaks. And I tell my producer, I was like, I need you to put in two more minutes worth of commercials. And they're like, oh, really? I was like, yes, I'm going to take a four-minute nap here. And I'm dying. <laughs> like, I'm, dying. I'm dying. I would literally just lay my head on the table and go to sleep and have them wake me up when the commercials were over. Yeah. <laughs> I'd start talking again like everything is fine. But yeah. Holy yeah. cow. People talk about side hustle. Robert's whole life is a hustle. And that's that's yeah. what's that's what's impressive to me. You can just you can just go. You have that power to push through. And it's it's awesome. I mean I'm listening to you and I'm like, this guy was getting canceled before cancel culture was a thing. Yeah. <laughs> but you were doing it <laughs> but you understood the market, right? Like I, I asked my seventeen year old son, is like what's your idea of how we can make our podcast get popular? It's like, we got to say controversial things, get on there and say, Andrew Tate is G and then, (laughs) and then you'll get the clicks that you want. Right. But like you understood that market long before people did that. That's what people wanted to hear. Yeah. 
and you got canceled for it. <laughs> I got canceled for it. Yeah, yeah, I did. But you know, and I've tried it. Uh, I've tried multiple different ways of of handling things. You know, where I did say a lot of controversial stuff. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but then I also tried it where I'm going to try to more uh, turn the other cheek approach with things too. And I had success both ways. So, okay. Yeah. With with you hitting the digital market as well, how have you seen just the world be impacted by social media where it was from 10 years ago to where it is now? Oh, geez. I mean, social media has become life now. Uh, I mean, I, I and I'm somebody who's actually social media uh, adverse, mm-hmm. even though I'm, I'm about to own 20% stake in a social media app. <laughs> I, I'm like, well, uh, but I, you know, I own, I'm owning the stake because I know how important social media is in people's lives. Yeah. And I mean, now social media is everywhere from LinkedIn where it's actual business connections that you make. I mean, I know more people now who have gotten their other job from LinkedIn connections than they have from applying for jobs and yep. going to job fairs and things like that. They, they get their jobs from their LinkedIn connections now. Uh, so anywhere from jobs to obviously you're staying in contact with old friends. I mean, I don't really do Facebook a whole lot, but I still have a Facebook account. Why? Because I have friends from high school, from elementary school that I'm friends with, and I get to keep up with their lives there from people when I lived in the Philippines who I still get to keep contact with and just see what's going on with their life, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but then you've got your other social media apps like Telegram and WhatsApp where you're, you've got full group conversations with strangers from Russia and China and, and Kenya and Uganda and things like this. So it's pretty... It's it's pretty overwhelming in some ways, uh, but at the same time, when everybody is embracing it, you just have to realize that like there's a part that you gotta you, you, there's a part you gotta play in that realm. Adapt you gotta roll with the punch. Yeah, you gotta roll with the roll with those punches. It's crazy just how I mean you're talking about people connecting with them all over the country. Man, before social media, you only thought you lived in a world that mm-hmm. was in Utah, right? Like there yeah. was no really outside world that you talk about a bubble. Yeah. But then social media is going to allow you to break through that that bubble. I just break through that bubble, yeah. I mean, don't mean you're wrong. You can waste a lot of freaking time on social media, but <laughs> if you want to be That's productive and do it for business, I mean, there's you know there's Instagram people out there that are showing that they use Instagram to make money. They don't make it do. They're not on Instagram to show off pictures and to show off things. They're yeah. on there to make money. And people, when they have a focus of what they want to do with whatever it is they want to do. They're able to do that. So if you want to just waste time and, and just veg out, you could do that on social media. If you want to make money on social media, you could do that on social media. I did a thing just a few years ago, just as an experiment. Uh, so I grow a beard. Most of the time I have a beard. Once in blue moon, I'll shave it off and start over. Uh, I'll change it up. I had a ZZ top length beard a couple of years ago, and then mm. I now it's short and trimmed. And so I change it up all the time. Well, one year I thought, I wonder if I could become a beard influencer. And get somebody to send me beard products for free. So I wouldn't have to go buy my beard oils and beard balms and all this other stuff. <laughs> so let me just test it. Just as a test, I started posting like a daily picture of my face and, uh, and just doing all these hashtags, beard, beard life, beard, you know, all these mm-hmm. weird hashtags, right? And in a short period of time, I had 1,000 followers and immediately started getting people going, hey, we'd like you to rep our gear. And I was like... Dude, it worked. And I was like, yeah. I only had like a thousand followers, and I got people saying, oh, "I'll send you my T-shirt if you'll take some pictures in my T-shirt or this piece of jewelry or whatever it was." And I'm like, "I want beard stuff, man. Where's the beard stuff?" <laughs> <laughs> but, but it's getting you by until you found the beard it. Stuff. Exactly. Oh, but man. I, I didn't go further with that. Deleted the account down the road. I just was wanted to see, like, what does it really take to become a 
influencer. Yeah. And I found it really doesn't take that much. (laughs) I just think back to what really got this going for me as well. Like a year and a half ago, I, we, we took family pictures and I just hated the way I looked. I hated the way I felt. I was so stagnant. I've really just had some self-assessing moments that I was going nowhere in life. I had nothing to offer. Like I couldn't keep a girlfriend and it's probably because I I really understood why. I really didn't have anything to offer. I had nothing going. And then the first thing that changed was I got to the gym. Mm-hmm. When you get to the gym, not only does it help you physically, but I, I really think it's even more of a mental ben- benefit more than physical. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And that's where this all stemmed from is that's where the ambition really kicked in. And so I find it really in- 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 interesting that it all started for you at the gym. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. To where, yeah, the brain just starts... Yeah, not necessarily just, of course, we all we, we all want to look good. We all want to feel good. But I can't tell you the power of the mental. Yeah, I was going to say, no. The, I mean, even when I was a personal trainer, I don't want to say how long ago now, like 25, 30 years ago. <laughs> uh, but uh, even back then, I mean, there was plenty of studies to show that exercise uh, helped improve brain. In fact, just recently, because I'm still involved with health and fitness in some levels. I'm, I'm fairly out of shape now, but I still work out. I still try to exercise. Uh, and I still injure myself thinking I'm 25. Um, <laughs> but I, uh, there was a study that just recently came out where they showed that uh, taking a walk or running particularly, uh, which I can't really run anymore, but walking or a brisk walk or a run actually scientifically now has been shown to have the same effect as antidepressant medicines. It's incredible. And, and, and they've had these kinds of studies in the past, but this was like a big Mayo Clinic study that just came out there. They thought, well, we know we had this stuff. in the We want to do a big comprehensive study and really take people who actually are dealing with depression, who are on medication, who are on this, and we're going to take some, keep them on the medication. Some we're going to take off the medication. Some we're going to give them placebo, and then we're going to see what happens. And they found that the people who were running and exercising, uh, they were their chemical balances in their brain was being affected the same way as antidepressant medicines without the negative effects, right? Other than a pulled calf muscle or something like that. But uh, so, yeah, uh, exercise is is very critical for uh, mental health. And I think nowadays in, in today's society, that's one thing we're finding from a lot of different businesses is they're starting to understand and realize the importance of mental health, not just for themselves as a business owner, but for their right. employees, and, um, and so that's why for a while there was a craze where everybody's going, we're going to get you gym membership. We're going to pay for your gym membership. Mm-hmm. Or we're going to put a gym in our facility. And then nobody would use the gym in the facility and it's <laughs> wasted space. But it was because of that. They knew that there was this in Japan, they still have practices where before the factory workers start their day, they do calisthenic workouts at, on the floor before their shift. And when the next shift comes in, this next group comes in and they do calisthenics and they got somebody leading them doing these little exercise things like this just to get them going because they understand the importance of, for the mental health aspect of the exercise. They don't need to do the calisthenics and all these exercises in order to, to run, the, run the line. No. Right? They don't need it for that. They understood the mental health aspect of it, and so that so there's a there's a lot of people that are growing in that. Yeah, area. we're gonna take that to the fish tank. I think we should, and it takes that it it turns that that tear method that we talked about in a previous episode. Yeah, like that's the start of it. Get it in the positive way, and then you turn around, like you said, going to the gym, getting your head in the right space. Mason is what made it to where you become what you are now, mm-hmm. which is a lot more from the sounds of it, successful, proud, strong, independent man. And, and, and it started off with that, getting your head in the right place. Yeah, confidence is doubled at least. Yeah, yeah, because well, you work on your mental health, and that mental health you worked on through exercise, 
and then and it helps your overall mental health. It gives you confidence uh, with yourself, not just because your body might be changing or whatever. It, there's actual chemical processes that happen that yeah, make yeah. you feel better, and then when you feel better, you have confidence, and when you have confidence, you end up uh, treating your coworkers and your employer employees different, your employer different, uh, your your spouse, your relationships. Everybody, everything starts to change different when your brain is actually mm-hmm. functioning more sharply. And the next subject that I want to turn to, and he's so hot on this subject right now, so he might take a little bit of this, but I want to talk about the discipline aspect. Look, like, like you said, you were bouncing from, you know, morning shows to you were working in the middle of the day to evening shows, maybe even getting four hours of sleep. How do you have the discipline to do that? I mean, talk about the, I mean, of course, the mental aspect of having going to the gym sure helps build that. But like, even for me this morning, I wanted to go to the gym, but but before we got on the air this morning, yeah, it didn't happen. But here, but here we are. How talk about the discipline aspect on, is this something that you just got to build over time? Um, something that just kind of born with? Uh, no, I don't. I, I do think some people might be born with it. Yeah, absolutely. I, but I think they're rare birds. Uh, I do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, it, but there are some people who had neglectful parents growing up, yet they got up on their own for school every day right. and made their own food and ironed their own clothes and, you know, washed their own clothes and stuff. Those are, those are rare birds. That's not most people. I think discipline comes through. It, it's a, I believe it's just a habit. I think it's a form of habit. And to build the discipline for me, it starts with a calendar and, uh, and a schedule. And so for a lot of people, I know I actually know successful business owners who just kind of wing it every day, but they're also rare birds. Yeah, (laughs) that's not a normal thing uh, to be able to be successful and just wing it. And usually, even them, they at some point get so stressed out because they can't handle all the things that came together at one point. So I think it just starts with the schedule and just trying to stick with that schedule. So. Uh, like you mentioned the gym. All right, that's cool. So this one lesson I learned when I was a personal fitness trainer is I would tell people like, you know, you got to stick to the schedule for this workout. Well, I missed Tuesday's workout. Now what? Come in Wednesday. Yeah. You just, you just, okay. So yesterday was that. And so I think a little bit of a mentality of just going, all right, so yesterday wasn't perfect. I'm just going to move on. Just going to ignore that day. Go forget that day and move on. That also takes practice. Athletes, have that struggle all the time. When a quarterback throws an interception, throws three interceptions in one game, how do they continue to play in the game and have their team come back and win at the end? Because they've had a lifetime of practicing of, I got I to gotta forget that. I got to forget what happened right there and just keep moving forward with what I'm supposed to be doing. So the same thing happens. Hey, I want to get up tomorrow. I'm, gonna, I'm working on a book. I'm going to write a book. So I'm going to get up at 5 o'clock in the morning and write for an hour. Well, I got a five o'clock hit. I'm like, I'm tired. I'm hitting snooze. And instead I get up at six. Now there's no time for writing the book. All right. Well, you know what? That's an interception. So I'm just going to ignore that interception tomorrow. I'm going to get back on the field and I'm going to get up at five o'clock. If you, if you do it three days in a row and you still are like, oh, man, it's been all week. I haven't been able to get to That's fine. Tomorrow's a new day. And you just have to have that approach of that, that athletic, that athlete mentality of you missed that three pointer over and over or whatever. Just keep on shooting. So I think that's where I fall down most of the time is I, I, I beat myself up and I don't give myself that opportunity to just start the next day over. Yeah. You got to fall in that trap. That's a major flaw with a lot of business owners, with a lot of employees, with a lot of workers in general, you get, you you just can't beat yourself up. 
you can be critical of yourself. That doesn't mean I can't do better and I can't critique myself and go, how can I improve? I did that even the last day I was doing a radio show, uh, and, and I still fill in for radio hosts. And when I do, I, I listen to m- the podcast afterwards. Like, how was that? Oh, man, I said, um, a lot. I said this a lot. I did that, whatever. And so you still have to critique yourself, but I don't beat myself up. And I go, oh, man, like, oh, I should have did this and this and this on the show. On the show. Well, tomorrow I will do it. Yep. And if I listen to it again, I go, dang, I'm going to screw it up again. All right, well, tomorrow I will do it. I can't beat myself up for screwing up for two days in a row. All I can do is just keep going forward and just trying to get better tomorrow. And, and, and I think that and for me, it goes back to the schedule. Because <laughs> I can go, I'm going to get up tomorrow at 5. If I don't set my alarm at five, to have it at 5, and, and, and even better yet, if I only have one appointment and that's at 5 a.m., I'm not going to do it. Because there's nothing else that's going to, I don't, I don't have to go, well, at 5 a.m. I got this. At 6, I got to take a shower. At 6.30, I got to get my daughter up for school. At 7 o'clock, I got to take her to school. At 7.30, I got to be at the gym to do a cardio session. At 8.30, you know, I have to have a schedule so that I know I have to get done with this. Because if I don't, I already got stuff backed up. I'm not going to be able to make up for this the rest of the day. Mm. So even if it's at work and I, I got this project I'm working on, I'm trying to develop this website. I got to build two pages out and I got to do these two pages. If I don't put that on my schedule, I got to do these two pages by one o'clock. Well, one o'clock, I got to get my daughter from school. So if I don't get it done, then when am I going to do it? Oh, I'll do it. At, I'll do it after I pick her up from school. Bull crap. Because after that, <laughs> I'm feeding. I'm going to be doing this. Be, you know what I mean? So when I say a schedule, I mean, fill that schedule up. With you, with I gotta go. I'm gonna go for a walk. I'm gonna eat. I'm gonna make dinner. I'm gonna make lunch. I'm gonna make this. Fill your schedule up, and then just try to stick with that. Stick with that schedule. Then it becomes habit. Then you don't even you don't even look at the schedule anymore. And then your discipline is there because then you just know like oh, I gotta get up now. I gotta do this. I mean, every day I get up now. First thing I do is I open up my scriptures and I read my scriptures. I mean, that was not a natural thing for me, but I actually had it in my schedule. I'm getting up at 6.30. I'm reading my scriptures for 30 minutes. 7 o'clock is when I'll start to get ready. And it took, you know, a few days, maybe a week or something of missing scriptures every day. But every day I said, well, I screwed up today, but tomorrow I'll do it. I screwed up today, but tomorrow. Now I just wake up. It's not even a thing. I just just roll up, get in my chair. Now it's become habit. Now it's not even discipline. Now it's just habit. Yeah. Hey, Bear, what do you think about, because we've talked about a, a couple of times, especially on our uh, leadership, when our leadership council book club Wednesdays, what, what's the proper word for our council group on Wednesday? I just call it leadership group. Just leadership group? Is that the simple <laughs> way to put it? That's how I have it on my schedule. Oh, on my calendar. Fair enough. First uh, of all, you need to come up with a fancier name for that. I agree. Yeah, do. Like um, the heroes, <laughs> the heroes forum. Future leaders of tomorrow. Yes. Okay. That sounds very 1990s. <laughs> I like that a lot. Uh, but Jose keeps on getting after us about the, well, everyone's motivated, but yeah. not everyone's got discipline. Kind of the difference between mo- mo- motivation and discipline. Yeah. And he hit it spot on. And I agree. And he affected me when he said these words. He's like, there's no such thing as motivation. Everybody wants to wake up and go to the gym or read their scriptures or do something better. Make money. Or yeah. But we lack discipline. And, and, and why it has hit me so hard is because I've realized I do lack the discipline. That is my problem. And I think that's why I'm such a bulldog with a bone with it right now and why I'm focusing on it. Because I, I recognize I need to change. I need to start having discipline. And Rob, you just gave me the answer. I, if I'm, I'm a great procrastinator. I believe if, if the things of today, if you can put them off 
till tomorrow. Well, you might as well put them off till the day after, <laughs> right? Like, and and you said it right. I was that same way in my undergraduate studies. My best papers always came when they were due the night before, like mm-hmm. or do the, do the next day, and I'd write them the night before. Because I there was did no more time so left. Well, yeah, I, I did so well under pressure. You had to do it exactly, yeah. and so I like what you said about having the calendar days scheduled the whole way out. Because then you can't push it out. You might still not do it, mm-hmm. but then right. you move on to your next thing, and then tomorrow try to hit the thing at six o'clock. So I like that you said that. It put a different perspective in my mind because I can, I know myself enough to know pressure is what makes me the best. I'll I tell am. you what that does too is then you start to find out, you talk about priorities before, then you start to assess things in your day to day of, so this thing I thought was important yeah, isn't as important as I thought it was. I'm okay skipping this. Like it doesn't need to be done. And then some things on my list, like I'm just can't, I'm getting rid of it. I'm not doing this. It's, I keep pushing this off every day. It's obviously not needed. I'm deleting it off my list. Yeah. <laughs> it's not it's not something that's gonna be it's not a priority. It's not a priority. And it might be something that's a little humbling too. It's a priority for me to eat right. So I'm gonna get up in the morning, I'm gonna make my meals for the day and blah blah blah. <laughs> and after a couple of weeks of that bull crap, I go, you know what? It really isn't a priority for me to eat right. I'm gonna eat when I'm gonna eat and when I'm gonna eat, and I'm not gonna try to indulge and I'm not gonna try to go crazy, but I'm also not gonna meal prep. It's just not going to happen right now. i got too many other more important things in my life and uh, to focus on. So sometimes you just look at your, your schedule and you're, yeah. well, the schedule's going to change because my priorities, I, I'm reassessing my priorities of what needs to happen. But especially when it comes to work issues, there's certain things that you know, there's a deadline. This has got to be done by this time. It's got to be done by that time and, and things like this. Yeah. And it just helps you. It helps with your discipline until that discipline becomes a habit. Right. Okay. Have you guys seen Mark Wahlberg's schedule? Oh, yeah. Oh, my goodness. I mean, he's got it down to a T, like from a morning prayer at like 2.30 to 2.35 is a shower. I mean, he's got it down to yeah, the he's got the 3 a.m. club where he works out 3 a.m. every day. Nice. And, uh, but, he, you know, if you've seen the wall, is it wall business? Wall, what is it? Wall Street, W-A-H-L Street. It's a yeah. series on, on uh, HBO that shows all the businesses that he's involved with and how he runs his Incredible. day-to-day. And uh, yeah, he's 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 scheduled to the hilt. Yeah, he's got to be. Which I don't recommend people going from like barely learning the basics to discipline. I don't recommend throwing your schedule down <laughs> no. to the last minute. Yeah, because all right, you're you're gonna see a lot of failure, and then from at that point, so you got to really do exp- uh, establish realistic expectations, realistic yep. goals, and it and it's good to cross things off your list. I think that really builds the confidence. Oh yeah, I think right? so too. And another thing too is what you brought up about procrastination. So procrastination, that, I don't care who they are. Uh, once again, there might be a rare bird here or there where they don't ever procrastinate anything. That's a rare person. Everybody's going to have something to procrastinate. And the reason why we procrastinate it comes down to, once again, it's a mental health aspect. There's something there that's telling you, I can't do this. That's why you procrastinate it. Is there anything that you're ever confident that you can do? That you're like, I am the greatest artist and so I love to draw. I should have got a job drawing, but instead I went and got a job in business and blah, blah, blah. And if somebody says, well, can you draw me a picture right now? You go, well, I'm going to, I'll do that later. Yeah. No, <laughs> you're like, no, I'm, I kick butt at this. I'm going to show you my skills. And like, whenever you're confident in anything, Hey, I need you to put together the spreadsheet. And you're like, easy. You want me to do it blindfolded? You want me to do it with my one hand behind my back? And 
you don't you don't put that off because you're so comfortable putting together spreadsheets and everything like this. So somebody who's not comfortable putting together spreadsheets is like, do you have a book I can read? Do you yeah. do you want me to go get you some coffee? Let me do <laughs> like find anything else to do. Yeah. So it's a mental health thing. And if we recognize, okay, why do I want to procrastinate that? Well, why have I been procrastinating this? What is my fear? Why do I not feel comfortable with this? And then start trying to assess what it is exactly, like pinpoint it down to the down to the littlest thing about what it is exactly that I'm afraid I'm going to fail at on this thing. Then when you could do that, we live in the information age. Mm-hmm. You can Google it and go, okay, how can I do this? Or you could call Bear, or you can call somebody else and go, all right, so I got this project that I've been assigned to do. <laughs> I've been pushing it off, bro. And I kind of figured out the reason why. Because I really don't know if I know how to do this part of it. Yeah. You just go, you reach out to somebody and everybody's willing to help. I don't care if it's your worst enemy at work. And you go to your worst enemy and go, I got this project. I can't finish this one thing right here. I could, I don't even know how to do it. I don't even know where to start. Mm-hmm. Then somebody's always going to be willing to help you. Right. We talk about so, yep. the values of social media, man. It is right at our fingertips. If you, if you're looking to do something, I'm guaranteed someone did it on YouTube. Yeah. I'm yeah. guaranteeing yeah. you. Yeah. It's pretty right? much like that now. Yeah. It, it's got to be there. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, there was one thing I wanted to bring up that uh, you were talking, kind of talking about. Uh, Nick mentioned something pretty similar with our last podcast, but it's the magic you are looking for is in the work you are avoiding. Mm-hmm. That is yeah. the key. That that is yeah. pro. That is pro- procrastination to a T. Yeah, yeah, it is. And like, like you, it's a mental health thing. Once you assess your own mental situation about it, then you, and, and then be honest with yourself about why you're procrastinating something, uh, then then usually, at least for me, it helps me get over stuff. I'll be yeah. procrastinating a certain website. I haven't built this type of website before, or it has some coding in it that I'm not familiar with or whatever. And I realize, oh, it's because I don't feel comfortable with the coding. Okay, all right, so how am I going to overcome that? Or is there a way to overcome it or not or whatever, you know? And But now I know what the issue is, and now I can address the issue. Once I address the issue, then all of a sudden the project takes care of itself. Mm, I like that. Yep. Do you, have, do you have something to say? I feel like I cut you off. No, I, I did cut him off. But you're good. I, I was... Know. It was unwork related, but the procrastination side of it, yeah. I, there's a procedure. Well, it's a vasectomy. I had a doctor's appointment yesterday. Talk about getting a vasectomy. I could have got it done in a couple of weeks, but I pushed it off to March because I'm. I don't want to do it. Okay. <laughs> so yeah. so it's it's not the same as the you know progress in our lives and stuff. But but the, but the it's same thing there. We can the assess same. why. Yeah. Push it out. Is it a fear? What if I want to have kids down the road? Yeah. I'm afraid it's going to hurt. You know, whatever it is, there's something there that yeah. you, you bring. And it might be multiple things too, uh, but there's something there that's causing that procrastination. Exactly. And, and it's that mental health aspect of I'm telling myself if I can prepare myself mentally mm-hmm. by March, then I'll feel better about it. Yeah. Whereas if I have it next week, then I don't have enough time. What, you want me to tell you my vasectomy story? Do you did it live that? on the radio, didn't you? I did. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So I had my third kid, and a salesman came up to me, a good friend of mine. And he was like, hey, so you have any more kids out of this? Man, I didn't know I was having this kid. You know, <laughs> He was like, well, are you interested in getting a vasectomy? I'm like, why are you asking? He goes, just, are you interested? I was like, yeah. He's like, all right, I'll, I'll get back to you. And I was like, all right. He comes back to me, and he's like, all right, so March Madness is coming up. And we got a doctor in town who's getting his butt kicked by another urologist and he would like to get more vasectomies. And so we had this idea of doing a VAS madness campaign. VAS madness. madness. You get a vasectomy and then you rest on the couch with a bag of peas and you watch March Madness basketball games all day for, you know, until you recover. And I was like, all right, cool. So where do I fit in on this? He goes, he'll give you a free vasectomy. And I was like, if I just promote this campaign, he's like, 
yes. I mean, there's a catch. And I was like, okay, what's the catch? He goes, you do it live on the air. And we're going to do it on YouTube too. And I was like, oh boy. Yeah, I'll do it, of course. And so, yeah, so I did a live vasectomy on there. The doctor was gracious. You know, he's like, I can't really find it. Give me a minute, you know, and stuff. I was like, really? Really? Oh, the hot takes coming off yeah. of that episode have it was, been yeah, it was huge. Nice. Yeah, it was, it was wonderful. He's like, I mean, it took me a little while to try to find it, but once I found it, you know, we're good. I was like, oh my gosh. I was like, all right, well, there you go. But yeah, that was my vasectomy experience. So just yeah. got thrown into the fire. Oh, that's with it. awesome. So, was that one of your rogue moments that you're. That was not a rogue moment. That was no, not that, a rogue moment. No, that was actually just regular. That, that was actually me, you know, playing straight on the line right there. That's so, crazy. You can imagine the rogue moments. Fast, fast madness. Like, I'm sorry, people marketing are incredible. That's yeah. such a great tag. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they ended up doing that campaign like every year for like five years after that. Nice. Doing a vast madness That's campaign. Crazy. She gave you, a, when you left the doctor's office, gave you a cowbell and a bag that had of peas in there and uh, had somebody else said, what's the cowbell for? So you can ding your wife whenever you need to get some food or get a drink or whatever. <laughs> I was like, yeah, this is not going to go well. That might be a reason why I'm divorced. So <laughs> That's brilliant. All right. Robert, bring, 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 bring us home here. Give us a couple of things that you've learned along the way so you can kind of give some entrepreneurs out there who are looking to get into the business. Give them some advice. All right. So one other story has been kind of keeps going through my mind uh, I wanted to share was when I started the digital advertising business. So I still was in radio, still had a foot in radio, but we wanted to start this other uh, business on the side. And my partner, uh, he was a radio executive. And so, honestly, he's making over $300,000 a year. He's, he's making good money. And pretty much anywhere, even today, if he wanted to get back in radio, he could make a phone call and somebody's going to pay him close to that kind of money. Um, and I asked him at one point, like, why are you doing this? Like, we're starting from scratch. We're starting from zero. And, you know, no money, scraping along and stuff like this. Like, why are you doing this? You can just go get a job get paid 300 gur and stuff. And he's like, he said, well, that's golden handcuffs. And I always, I never forget that it's golden handcuffs. Yeah. It's pure gold, but you're still handcuffed. You're handcuffed to the idea that the other person is running. The handcuffed to the business model that this other business is running. You don't have the freedom to be able to do things the way you feel is best to do them. Uh, how you want to do them, when you want to do them, et cetera. And he's like, so yeah, even though I may not have gold anymore, I have freedom and that's more important to me than, than the golden handcuffs. And so that's why I look at with entrepreneurship with people is like, yeah, you know what? You may not be making as much initially. Um, but if you stick with it, just like Mark, you mentioned marketing, marketing is all about just sticking with it and just going over and over and over. Well, whatever you're doing, you stick with it. Things are going to start panning out for you. And so, and it's about having a growth mindset. I'm all about mindset uh, I mentioned earlier, I'm buying this new streaming platform. Uh, I'll go ahead and tell you, it's going to be called Alignment Network. And, um, and the tagline is get your mind right. And we want programming that's pushing people's mind. We want when you get, watch a TV show, even if there's a commercial, we want to have a positive affirmation in the middle of that commercial. And so that when you're watching our program and you get done, you're going to feel good and you're going to feel like you can succeed and you can do whatever you want to do, whether it be in relationships or business or work or church or whatever it might be. And so um, I feel like, like don't be afraid to break the golden handcuffs and go out on your own. You, everybody has passions and everybody has ideas. Find something you're passionate about and start doing it on the side. Don't be afraid of it. A. Barrett asked me many times, I'd like to start a podcast. We got to do. I said, just do it. <laughs> 
Uh, we have a joint friend who's many times coming to me. I want to do this podcast. I've been, I've been doing all these practice podcasts. How many have you done? Like half a dozen. No, a dozen. You've done a dozen practice <laughs> podcasts? Yeah. Why would you do that? Well, crazy. I don't feel comfortable yet. I don't feel this. No, 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 no. You just got to do it. Yeah. Well, it's not going to be great. What Nobody writes the, the, the hit song isn't their very first song they ever wrote. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But they just started writing songs and producing them and recording them and putting them out there. And then all of a sudden their third album, second, fourth song on the third album <laughs> is a hit. You just got to start putting it out there and just start doing it. Mm-hmm. And so that's what it comes down to. Just do it. The old Nike saying, right? Just do it. Don't be afraid of, the, of breaking the golden handcuffs. Just start something on the side. If you, do, if you don't have the means or the ability to just jump into something entrepreneurial all the way, but do your research as well. We live in the information age. There's no reason for people to start certain businesses that they start. And I'm like, why the heck are you starting that business? It's clearly going to fail. Have you not done any research at all? And, and so it, it's one of these things. But then you just got to do it. And yeah. you just, just go. Uh, you also need to be innovative in today's day and age. People who are still like old school wanting to do things, well, it was this way when I was growing up, or I worked at this business, I want to do it with this old business, that ain't going to work. People, you got to be on top of things with social media. Even if you're hiring somebody to handle your social media, you need to know what's going on with it. You need to know what's going on with the new trends when it comes to social media, with new technology, things like that. So um, be just understand, do research, Understand the market and look for innovations and jump on those innovations. Don't be afraid of them and, and then just go for it. So just don't be afraid to break the golden handcuffs and, and crank away. Crank like away. It. Did you hear that? Crank away. Like Which it. is awesome, good. I think. So uh, that's something that we're definitely going to be looking into here. Now, Robert, thank you so much for coming on here. This has been one excellent experience Like, because the one of the biggest things for me is that fear of failing. Mm-hmm. Right when, you, when when whenever you start a new project, so this is going to be exciting for us to get into. Um, hopefully, we can have you on more again. I want to hear how this uh, goes with your social, with your say the company again one more time. Alignment, oh, so, uh, Alignment Network. Yeah, yeah. Alignment we actually Network. bought bought another network, but we're we're rebranding it and we're changing a lot of the programming and stuff. But it's going to be called Alignment Network. So it's actually I already got the domain alignmentnetwork.com. So okay, and what's your book called? I did write a book recently called Beware of False Prophets: Finding Truth. So yep. if you want to check that out, it's on Amazon as well. Okay. So beware of false prophets finding truth. We're going to write that down, you guys. Thank you for tuning in to, to this episode again, Controllables and Explainables. You can find us on Spotify, Amazon, Apple Music. We're going to come onto YouTube. We're trying to still figure out some video aspects to try to iron that out a little bit. But uh, Getting good filters. Yep. <laughs> filters. Oh, you betcha. Sound, sound bites. Make me look like Brad Pitt when I come on here. Yeah, we're, we've got a... Uh, that's the goal. We've got a 15-year-old that's going to do our video editing for us. There you go. Great. Right. So again, you guys, thank you so much for listening and we'll probably put this episode episode out probably in the middle of the week, but uh, thank, thank, thank you so much.